All right, man. Well, I got, I have my man. Well, first of all, welcome to Keep Shooting Podcast. Um, I have my man, Ben Cicchini Ramos uh, on the podcast today. Me and Ben talked the other day. Ben, I'm going to let you talk a lot. Don't worry about it. I'm, but but <laughs> I don't know if you know, I, on my podcast, usually I don't even have people on. So I just talk for like 35 minutes to myself. So it's, it's, I can, I can go, I can go, I can go long. Um, but Ben and I, Ben and I had a conversation on Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday. And it was just, I was like, I, I even thought about it. I said, man, I should have recorded that. And then you said the same thing. And so we decided to, to uh, meet up again. And this time kind of record the conversation and, and maybe even, even take it uh, some, some different places this time. But uh, so this will be largely geared towards the breath, right? So uh, anybody listens to my podcast, my last podcast, I talked about this briefly, being at the free throw line, starting to understand the breath, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and Ben specializes in this. And I'm going to ask Ben to talk a, a little bit about what he does. But before we do that, I think, so dude, I was doing research. I was doing research on you and finding nice. what I could finding what I could find. And um, I know you said you worked at Under Armour. Yep. Right. I'd be I'd be curious just as a backstory. You could tell people who you who you are. But before we even get into like what you're doing now, you had worked at Under Armour as I believe a footwear and footwear development. Yep. What what eventually caused you to leave that world? and kind of enter this this world that that you're in now yeah uh so first of all thanks for having me on here man i really appreciate it and um yeah i love sharing about my under armor story because i feel like it's really powerful um i was working there for three years um when i first got there i was working on all curry products so the curry ones curry twos anything that he was wearing on court were projects that i was working on with my designer and our, our marketing guy. And um, that was like a dream come true for me. I was six months graduated from college and I'm getting to work on my favorite sport and Curry and I wore the same shoe size. So I got to wear test all his stuff before he wore it. And it was like serious dream. Um, got to travel over to Asia a bunch to go to the footwear factories. And I knew to kind of answer your question, I knew the next step for me of getting really good at footwear development was heading into footwear engineering and really getting to know like the processes in the factory. So I was trying to make that happen at Under Armour and they didn't have too many people that were going over and living in Asia at the time to like, they didn't have a program set up for this, but Nike and Adidas, those guys did cause they've been in the industry for a while. So I kind of hit a roadblock there with Under Armour and it made me zoom out and like, man, what is it I really want to do? And I always had this um, idea that I would be a good coach, you know, basketball coach um, or trainer. And I've always had this um, passion for like mindset training um, and just being in a positive mindset, having an empowering mindset. And so when I hit that roadblock at Under Armour and zoomed out, I was like, man, I need some time to really figure out what it is that I want to do, how it is that I would really want to impact people. And that's when I went and lived in Ghana for three months and volunteered down there as a basketball trainer, lived at a soccer academy. Um, and so I got to be in this like mentor, just um, uh, mentor trainer role down there. And I was like, man, I this is what I want to do. I want to be around kids, um, players, and bring them these life skills through the sport. So 
I think it's amazing, right? And how, I'd be curious because I know that when we talked, I was like, man, I, I really like this guy. And I felt like we, you know, we, we just hit it all. I just felt like very similar in ways. And then so the more I was mm-hmm. reading about and listening and or listening, more so listening to, to your story, how much when you were working there at Under Armour, did you start um, working on this part of you and what you wanted to do outside of the workplace? And I, I say this because I tell people, man, like, you know, I worked I've, I've worked my nine to five job for the longest time. And I just I was like, I need I, there's more to this. Like, I know there's more to it for me. Right. And I'm not saying like some people can work a nine to five. That's fine. Right. That's more than OK. Yeah. But it's perfectly acceptable. But for me, I was like, there's more to this. And mm-hmm. I realized I had to start. I was I had to start operating within hours that weren't really normal hours for other people yeah. in terms of yeah. being able to find what what it is I wanted to do and then cultivate it. Right. So I'd be curious yeah. as to what was your kind of experience on that? Like, were you going to work? Uh, were you doing work on yourself or whatever it is you were trying to build or, or find beforehand afterwards? How were, how were you going about that? Yeah, it was definitely like at that same point in time, I was trying to plan that next step. I'm like, let me go as hard as I can trying to get this opportunity for me in Asia. Um, and I went hard. I built presentations. I presented it to VPs, presidents, all these top dogs in the footwear department. Um, and then it was during that process that I was like on my rooftop in Baltimore after work, you know, sun setting, sun's going down, it's going into 9, 10 at night that I'm like journaling. I'm writing mm-hmm. out what I'm trying to manifest. I'm waking up in the morning, I'm journaling like, back then I was really of the mindset, like train my mind with new ways of thinking. So I was writing a lot of affirmations at that time, like um, whatever, I am fearless. I I can manifest the things I want in my life, you know, just whatever it was that was helping to motivate me. I was writing those things down before and after work. Um, And so that, that was like a good, like three months, two, three months span where I was like really going hard after work. And that's, that was challenging to do, but just like you mentioned, it was like, that was, I knew there was something more. I knew I needed to go this extra mile to get to that next step. Um, but I also learned now like the power of of not grinding so hard too. So while that was really powerful back then, it really all depends on where you're at in the journey, in my opinion of like, okay, you have this nine to five, either you're meant to grind it out or, you, a lot of people need to rest in that nine to five because they're stressed the hell out and it turns right. more of a seven to seven. Right. Right. I, I, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I just think there's so many similarities with so many people, right? Like it, it's mm-hmm. like everybody, like, I think so many of us have that feeling. I think it's evidenced by like, if you went on YouTube, how many, how many things are you going to find on YouTube about people talking about getting out of that, like the monotony of, of what their life is and how to, how to, so I, I feel like it's just, to me, when I when I heard you talk about it, I was like, "Oh, that that resonates with me, obviously." And I know that will yeah. resonate resonate with a with a with a bunch more people. Um, and it's just like, there's no there's no like magic pill to it, right? Like I, to yeah. me, the idea of even coming home and like journaling and sitting there and forcing myself to do it, unless unless you've done that before, that's that's not easy to do, dude. Like it's not Thanks. easy to just. Turn everything else off and just, hey, man, just let me let me just do this, get my thoughts out and, and all that kind of stuff. Do you, um, are you familiar with Neville Goddard? No. 
no, dude, you need to. Wait, Goddard. Goddard. He's like, like he does like a lot of extreme. He was like a marine. Is this this guy? No, no, that's Goggins. Somebody. Oh, Goggins. Gog. Okay, okay. Neville. No, no, Neville. Neville's long gone, man. But um, so much of what he does is based on like the I am mentality, right? So when like you started talking about I am, um, you know, with, with affirmations and stuff, right? He yeah. he has like entire books related to that concept of of what you are and what you you be essentially like you know you become what what you believe and and, and yeah. it works very well very much in tune with affirmations in terms of starting to like reinforce you know I am this I am yeah. that and his big thing is seeing seeing yourself in the end and knowing that the end is inevitable of what you want and then the more that you can continuously play that image or that moment whatever it is in your mind the more that you'll naturally start taking the steps towards getting there and yeah. then seeing everything on your way towards it like maybe you have the worst day of all time but being able to see that as that's just part of the bridge of incidents that's going to eventually lead to that so like right. I, I i incorporate a lot of stuff like that with my players in mm -hmm. terms of they'll be like man i had a terrible day today man like man i couldn't i couldn't hit a shot i couldn't and trying to reel them in and say hey like this is this is part of it. Like where you're going, yeah. This moment has to happen for you to eventually get to that next. Like there's everything. Yeah. Everything works together in some in, yeah. in some some type of way. So I believe in that wholeheartedly, man. And I think that's a powerful thing. Like you miss a shot. Why did you miss the shot? You it it gives you that opportunity to look back and really reflect on it. Or you lost a game, or you just had a bad day. Whatever it was, what can you learn from that? You know, right. versus like, I want to avoid these type of days and only have the good days. It's like, no, like you said, this is happening for a reason. Right. Well, and then trying to be open to receiving what that lesson is. Right. You know, and right. a lot of times if you just open yourself up, stuff will just come in where it's like, yo, you got to do this because now you need to watch your film from the game to see where you could have got more open shots or where your balance was off or whatever it was like, um, I be completely believe in that. And, and I think that's such a powerful. And it's coaching. hard. It's hard, right? Like given like where we're at with how instant things are and everything like that, it's hard to be able to step back and take that point of view mm. of, Hey, no, this is okay. And this is going to contribute to the, to the long, to the long-term goal because yeah. everything is like now, 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 now. Right. So it's yeah. like, how, you know what I mean? And, and I honestly feel like that, tr that, that, almost segues into a conversation around like breath, free throw shooting, because it's like now, 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 now yeah. you and I were talking the other day, like in the game, it's fast as shit, you know, it's right. going really, really fast. Everybody's going fast. And then at the free throw, it has the opportunity for you to slow down, to check in and to pivot. If something's not going your way, you can pivot your mindset. You can pivot your breathing. You can pivot your posture. Right. You know, there's that, slowness provides that opportunity and i feel like it's that same way in life if we just choose to take moments and it doesn't need to be like we don't need to go slow the whole entire game but in that timeout or in that free throw if we choose to go slow there then we can make a powerful choice right and i feel like that's really what was happening for me with that transition at under armor what happens for me a lot just on my day to day is like slow down and i love this phrase like slow down to the speed of wisdom you know when you slow it down, you can tap into stuff that you would have overlooked because you would have been zipping around, rushing right past it. 
Yeah. And then what's going to happen, that same lesson, I believe, is going to come right back around. You're going to miss the same shot the next time until you slow down and be like, hey, why right. am I missing this shot? Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love, and we're going to get into the breath work portion of it even more, even more so, because I think that that's really powerful. Like your, your, your quick response, response yesterday of starting to implement things like on the sound of the whistle and everything like that, I think is, mm-hmm. is genius. Um, I wanted to piggyback off what you said. We, we talked about the free throws. I want everybody to know that in the course of an NBA game, when you're watching these guys on TV and they're going up and down the floor a million miles an hour, people are bumping into them, and then you they get they get sent to that free throw line. That is not as easy as the guy in the stands that just had ten beers is yelling at the guy because he's missing free throws. Thinks thinks it is right. Like that's not a, it's not an easy thing to do to go from complete all out give me all you got to. Right. Like that's, yeah. that, that's just, that's just a difficult thing. So I think, we, and we'll talk about that. The second thing you said relates to your journey in terms of, of slowing it down um, real quick. I never told this, but people will ask me, what was the final decision for me of leaving my nine to five? They're like, what made you do it? And my answer is it was a nice sunny day. And what I mean by that is I was driving my daughter to daycare and the sun, like, it was like, a, it was just like this beautiful day. I was in this really good place of, like, you know, the meditation piece in the morning and, and I'm just, I'm just feeling really good and I'm driving my daughter to work and the sun was shining. And then right in that moment, I was like, it's, it's, it's time for me to pivot. Like, this is, mm-hmm. this is, this is it. But I don't think I would have ever had the realization of even it's a beautiful sunny day. Like, this is a, you know what I mean? Like, unless yeah. I was in that slow down type mentality where I could take exactly. a step back and, and see kind of the bigger picture there. And I called my wife, yeah. dropped the daughter off, called my wife. I was like, it's time. I said, I'm done. I'm leaving. She was like, all right, and then let's then do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, yeah and then yeah, new challenges powerful. come your way, but that, that is what I completely agree in, man. And I feel like that is just medicine right there. Sharing yeah. that fact right there is like, just slow down, Yeah. check in, do some yeah. time to reflect with yourself, everything off around you, you know, and just reflect whether you like writing or just letting your thoughts go or music, whatever it is, but just be for a little while. Where tell, tell the people where you're at right now and tell them that the background for anybody watching this on video, tell them <laughs> that the background behind you is not, is not a fake zoom background. Yes, this is the real deal. I'm down here in Costa Rica. And I was telling Mike the other day, this has been a blessing for me to be down here because there's so many teachers, there's so much knowledge and wisdom. There's, it is slower here. We're on dirt roads. And this is where I use this like metaphor, like you're on dirt roads with potholes, right? But I'm still trying to drive sometimes like I'm on a smooth highway, you know, and I'm trying to go fast and what happens, it's bumpy as hell. But if I slow down, and I start to navigate these bumps, then I can still make it a smooth ride despite the type of road that it is. You right. know, so I think that's another just metaphor for the slowness is like, sometimes you need it. If you're feeling like you're going on like turbulence right now, like right. that's time for you to slow down and look at what's causing the turbulence. And maybe you get through it like by going around it because it's just easier that way. Or sometimes you just got to dip with that pothole, you know, and just right. like go into the valley, learn that lesson and then keep it moving. Right. Um, yeah, man. I, yes. I, uh, I think, well, first of all, Baltimore and Costa, Costa Rica, same place, right? Pretty much the same. Place. <laughs> um, I was just listening to a podcast with Noah Feldman and uh, I, 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 don't, I don't, I didn't know much about Noah Feldman, but they, he was kind of getting in his background. He's like this big guy that he's big guy. What? 
he's this, he's really big into languages and he breaks down languages and everything like that, but uh, they're going back and forth. And obviously one of the best ways to, they say, to learn a language is to fully immerse yourself in that culture. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a great way to kind of pivot into what you do. Right. And like, yeah. and, and where you see it, because where you're at, like you, we said, like we said on Tuesday, where you're at breath work in this kind of, this kind of approach towards things, this is happening everywhere you are. Right. Like, yep. Not so much that you're going to come here in, in Deptford, New Jersey and see a bunch of people working on, on breath work. You know what I mean? It's in a way, right. in a way you've, you've kind of maybe, I don't know if you knowingly did it or it just caught, like, it was one of those things where like, this just makes sense for me to go here, but you've now immersed yourself in this world where you're probably going to pick up on things that you probably, that you maybe never would have just because of, of the, the, the situation and, and, and what you're, what you're around, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, there's people around here that are trying wild stuff that is even far fetched for right. me, you know. But it's I think the the opportunity here is like open mindedness, you know. I just I don't know much about Dirk Nowitzki's shooting coach. All I've heard is that he does some wild and crazy stuff right. that Dirk was cool with. Dirk right. was like, "All right, I trust this dude. I'm gonna try this out because." I'm just, he probably is just an open guy. And I don't know Dirk like that, but like in order to achieve results that you've never achieved before, you got to try something new. And the the thing that I really like about breath work that brought me into it is I tried meditation. I tried doing affirmations and a lot of this stuff really helped me. I feel like it led me on this path to where I am today. So kind of like we were talking about earlier, like it was just part of the path. And now looking back, I'm like, wow, the breath is this one thing that makes all those other things easier. Like if I'm able to control my energy using my breath, well, then it's easier for me to believe that I'm a great shooter or I'm a great boyfriend or, you know, whatever it is, I, because I'm slower and because mm-hmm. I'm present, you know, that was, that was where a lot of breath work started for me is how can I be more present? Because in the present moment, I can focus and direct my energy wherever I want it to go. Right. If I'm thinking about what's for dinner later, but I'm at practice, well, I'm not going to perform at my best at practice. So I need to get better at being present. Well, how can I do that with the breath? Yeah, right. And and I watch a lot of Kobe Bryant clips and he's big into meditation. And you and I were talking on Tuesday and it's like, OK, meditation is great. And that's where I started with this journey, too. Um, but a lot of people find it challenging to sit and just be with their thoughts for two minutes, let alone like a 15 to 20 minute meditation where you're really diving into the deep benefits of that sort of practice, right? But with breath work, it's like, oh, I can breathe in a certain rhythm for five minutes and immediately feel different. And it gave me something to focus on versus just like sitting there. So the like monks learn how to breathe before they learn meditation. Right. You know, so it is the foundation and it's the foundation of our health. You know, we're, we can go without food. We can go without water for X amount of days, you know, but breath, we need to be doing that constantly. Um, so it just makes sense to build a relationship with that. And from all the things I read, and I know you're reading some of the same books as I am now around breath. It's like, this is the missing link to like health, well-being, like just, just like everything. It's mm-hmm. the foundation for, for it all. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think, and like you, you just spoke about, about books real quick, and that's what kind of, I preach, dude, I, I tell kids I work with, I'll do shooting clinics, I'm probably the only shooting coach in the world that goes to these clinics, and the first question I ask kids is how, who reads, 
That's the first, that's the first thing I ask, right? And they're like, okay, well, Mike, you know, they'll introduce it. Like, well, Mike travels all over the world and teaches shooting, da, da, da. And I get right up there and I was like, all right, my first question is how many of you read, right? And that's, and that's kind of how I start out at everything. I just, I believe it's so, it's so powerful. Like reading and reading in general, just because you brought it up is, is so powerful. And that's where I went down the rabbit hole of getting into breath and then obvi- obviously us connecting. So I told you the, the quick story and you mentioned the monk, the monk thing. Um, but the quick antidote that I told you that I, I had heard was that in this specific school where monks were the teachers of children, that's the first thing they would teach the children is, is how to breathe. It wasn't, there was no curriculum set, uh, specific curriculum. It was like, no, first is, first is breath because the belief was this is the only thing that you come into this world with and then you'll, you'll leave with. It's the last thing that, that you'll have, right? So I thought that was, that was extremely powerful. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, read, I read about, uh, I was reading about breath in Limitless by Jim Quick. He was talking about it. Uh, obviously, breath by James Nestor. I was reading about that. And then eventually came to somehow putting something on my story and then and then linking up with you. Uh, yeah. What, what have you found to be the most impactful in terms of working with athletes specifically um, when getting them to buy into the breath work portion of things? Like what, what have you, what have you noticed or I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, what is, what has been kind of maybe the most powerful thing that you've seen kind of transform within, within individuals that you've worked with on the breath? Yeah. So, so the most powerful thing I've seen in terms of creating buy-in is just getting a chance to experience it like taking five to 10 minutes to show somebody a breathing pattern, take a snapshot from the beginning, you know, where you're at right now before the breathing, and then a snapshot at the end and see what changed for you mentally. You know, a lot of people that I work with experience clarity in their mind after this and think about how powerful clarity can be in the game right? Instead of like trying to figure out like, hey, I need to do this, you you know, being in your head trying to like figure it out versus being in a state of flow or like Mm -hmm. what we call, you know, being in the zone. Like imagine getting closer to the zone, if not being in the zone, like on command, you know, that's the power of experiencing the breath. So, um, you know, it's, that's why I invite people to come out and I offer a lot of free stuff because it's like, yo, give this a try. Right. And once you give it a try, then you'll go in, you know, then you'll want to start practicing it or being mindful of it or incorporate it into your free throw. Um, because you now have this experience of like, wow, this, this is powerful stuff. I can feel it. I don't need to listen to somebody or even read something. It's like, I now have the experience. And um, I think you, you've taken a really cool approach. So I, just, just because I find this super interesting and it's not something that we really got to, to dive into more but you've also mentioned putting this type of breath work into play with music, right? Exactly. So kind of bringing in, um, you know, the younger, maybe the younger generations uh, and getting them to buy in because of, yeah. okay, well, let's, let's introduce something, something else that we can now, you know, like you said, you could, your, your words were you could throw a Kendrick Lamar song on and get your breath work in while this, while this happens. And now all of a sudden, not only is that music firing, maybe, you know, you know what I mean? Who knows what that starts firing in your, in, in your mind and your body, et cetera. But I, I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. A hundred percent. My mindset has been for the longest, like, how can I make this easy and accessible to, to everybody? 
And when I think about athletes, I think about a pregame. You know, I was telling you, I used to, in college playing hoops, I used to listen to No Ceilings, Lil Wayne before every game. And I would go into the shower by myself, like no showers on, geared up, like before we're walking out on the court and I'm getting so hyped to it. Yeah. And I thought being hyped equaled being successful on the court. And what mm -hmm. I realized, I put myself in way, way out of the like healthy hype zone, yeah. you know? And so I would go into those first quarters, those first halves and just break a bunch of layups, you know, <laughs> because I was way too hyped, you know, just everything was long. And, and so I saw music, I see music as this thing that everybody enjoys. They all, everybody has some sort of music that they enjoy listening to. And most athletes incorporate that in their pregame routine. You know, it's on in the stadium when you're playing or you have it on in your earphones or obviously guys in the NBA go out with their headphones in for warmups and practice and stuff. So why not at the same time as you're enjoying this music and you're using that music and the energy of the music to get you into your own specific zone, incorporate the breath paired with that music to just amplify it. Because not only are you just getting in the zone through this music, but you're breathing in a pattern that's healthy to clear your mind, that's actually warming up your lungs. So you're not getting as gassed. You're not going to have that, like, you know, like I used to get real tired in the first like four minutes of the game. And then I hit my runner's high type thing. And then I'm going and, and endurance wasn't really an issue. It was just like, I need to get my lungs warmed up. Right. Well, you don't right. need to run around on the court and tire out your legs to get your lungs warmed up. You right. can just breathe in the warm ups down into the belly, then filling the chest and letting it go. And the cool thing is with, with breath too, is nobody needs to know that you're doing it. Right. You know, I think with a lot of things with meditation, it's like, oh, dude's over there, like eyes closed, sitting, you know, with his hands out like this in the pregame, like this is our weirdo on the team. Like, no, it's just like, yo, I got my headphones in and I was breathing anyways, but now I'm doing it in a pattern and mechanically correct um, right. to receive all those benefits. Just that you mentioned on the weirdo thing. So I've gotten so comfortable with it. I just don't care anymore. Like I'll right. just, it doesn't matter to me. So I was in my buddy's wedding um, two weekends ago and uh, we had like this waiting period and we're just, you know how like that stuff goes. I'm just waiting. And I just sat down. I was in the church and I just sat down. I just closed my eyes and I started, I started just meditating and no one bothered me. But like later on in the night as uh, everybody got, uh, you know, had their drinks and everything. Yeah, I got a few people come up to me and they're like, "What were you doing? Why were you? Why were you doing that? What was, mm -hmm. what was going on?" I just, I was just using it as an opportunity to just be. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think it's funny, but no, I. Yeah, I think I think that's a testament to the practice, right? You know, once you start practicing it, those thoughts clear of like, yeah. oh, what are people thinking about me? Like yeah. I have my eyes closed, am I safe? You know, like as you get comfortable with yourself, I mean, what's gonna happen to your game? What's yeah. gonna happen to your confidence? That is confidence, right? you know? As soon as those thoughts start to fade away and through meditation and through breath work, that's how you can achieve that. Yeah, I think all of this, like all of this stuff has made me pivot from like being in a very, um, I don't know if it's traditional or maybe accepted way of like, one, I, like wanting things, um, like physical material things to not really, not caring as much. I still like things. Everybody likes things to a degree, right? Mm -hmm. But now just being obsessed with this like human optimization portion yeah. of life, you know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like that's where this is kind of like 
kind of kind of led me. So we had talked real, and then that's why I want to start to get into the free throw stuff. We had talked about Dr. Andrew Huberman, right? Yep. And how he he even is coming out with some some breathwork stuff. Uh, I just I just remembered. So I was I was listening to him give uh, some type of antidote on on dopamine and saying that uh, this is this kind of goes with being present, right? Like the idea of being present. I forgot to mm-hmm. I forgot to say it. But he was he was talking about being present, but he was saying that dopamine actually spikes with anticipation. So over time, when we know what 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 awaits us in the future, um, our dopamine spikes in anticipation to the point that it's not the actual thing anymore that's bringing this feeling of whatever it is for you, right? Joy, whatever, yeah. whatever. And um, he was like, he gave the example of like, if you're eating candy, like just say you're just eating candy. Are you ever, if you really think about it, like, are you ever actually enjoying the piece that you're eating or are you already thinking about the next one? Because the mm. anticipation of the next one is going to be better than, and you know what I mean? And they kind of like yeah. goes into that whole idea of, are we even, you know, if we're not present, what, what are we missing out on? Are, are we, mm-hmm. are we missing out on the, on the bigger picture of things? And like, having him tie, you know, the science behind it and how all this stuff is, is people are starting to see it. I think it, it, uh, it speaks to why what you do is, is so powerful. Um, but the second thing is he was talking about, I think you called it the, what did you call it? The, the, the physiological the, side. Physiological side. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and then how you kind of would see bringing that into the fold for athletes? But we'll just say everybody like this is basketball stuff. So we could just say basketball in particular on how you kind of foresee this being something that people could implement. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, physiological sigh is, according to Andrew Huberman, this uh, neuroscientist from Stanford, um, the fastest way to downregulate our nervous system. So in simple terms, that means like to go from a place of like hype or like extreme anxiousness and nervousness to a place of calm, cool, collected, confident. You know, this is the fastest way to drop you into that. And we all know that in that basketball game, we're running up and down. We need to do it fast. You know, we need speed. Um, So uh, what it is, it's a two-part inhale. And then just like the name suggests, a sigh. So you can even do this with me right now. And like anybody listening can do this. The first breath is going to fill up your belly. So just notice as you breathe in through the nose and try to fill up your belly with air, can you even fill your belly up? And if it's tense or if it's tight, just recognize that that's a massive opportunity for you to grow. And that potentially means that you're doing a lot of chest breathing and that's helping to produce more of that fight or flight the cortisol, the stress hormones, like the nervousness. So just identify that right off the bat, like, all right, I need to learn how to breathe into my belly a little bit more, right? So that's the first part is we breathe kind of long into there. So, uh, and then the second part is a shorter breath into the chest. And then the last part is that sigh. (sighs) And it's long. We want our exhale to be long because relaxation is in the exhalation. Right. So when we hold that exhale for longer, that's what's really helping us to drop from that fight or flight, anxious, way too hyped into that like sweet spot, the zone, you can call it. Right. So we can do one more of those in through the nose, fill your belly, 
fill your chest and then let go. And that let go is through the mouth because it just helps to relax everything. I mean, everybody does that naturally. You even did it at one point earlier on when you were like, ah, like <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. do that. And it's, it's a natural response. Like it's just right. natural. Right. Um, so I definitely see that as a powerful tool to use during a free throw routine, during a timeout. You can do one, you can do three, you can do as many as you can possibly fit in whatever duration that you have. And that's just going to get your heart rate down. You and I were talking, I saw this article about Steph Curry doing specific breathing exercises during a 90 second timeout to drop his heart rate back into uh, like 80 beats per minute. So like a more like healthy, almost like a resting state. And why does he do that? Well, because our body can catch up, you know, it can take a moment to rest and re-energize. Um, and because it, it really helps with our mindset. You know, it, it really does. It helps to clear everything when we get down to that calm spot versus way too hype and stressed out. Um, so, so yeah, you and I were talking about whether you're shooting the free throw or whether you're just in the free throw lane or just during that period of time, implementing something like that. Um, and you had an experience with, with doing that for yourself or somebody, I think you were saying the other day about incorporating the breath into a free throw routine yeah i've started to i've started to introduce it with my players and i talked about it briefly on the podcast and now i've had some um so some people listen to it the podcast and now they've been doing it themselves both players and then and then trainers Tight. and the feedback has come the feedback has been incredible they're like um so my 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 original point of emphasis with when going to the line was was on uh on on this balance proponent of th proponent of things so I know that balance is like tossed around in basketball all the time. We need to be on balance. We need to be on balance. And uh, I just felt, I, I always felt like, yeah, obviously, right. I'm standing up, like I'm, I'm balanced, but then I wanted to get to a point where, well, how balanced can I truly get? How, how much attention can I truly pay to completely equally distributing my weight on both feet? Right. Mm -hmm. So, I started to do this at the foul line and I would go to the foul line and, and that's like, I'm telling you like going to a park and being out there for like an hour straight. And all I'm trying to do is completely balance my body to the point where in all, in all honesty, it feels like I'm not standing. Yeah. Right. Like that's the feeling, the feeling. Mm -hmm. And then you, when you start to do this and I encourage people to do it, just try stay, like try balancing yourself and completely equally distributing your weight. And you're going to see how much you lean, how much you overcompensate, like all this kind of like just in everyday life. I was just at Chipotle and I'm waiting in line and I was just doing it. Right. Like I'm just like practicing it because yeah, I'm like, well, how still can I be? Right. Because you because you're going to have to be still to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I started to do. And I would feel like this weightlessness almost. And then I was like, well, I feel this weightlessness. I've been working on breast stuff. I was like, I'm going to throw in some breath work now. And when I was there in this place, I would go straight up and down, completely balanced. I would take a big inhale. And on the exhale, I would, get, I would drop down into what we call uh, our one position when we, when we shoot. So being very mindful of our posture. But the way we drop, the balance would never change because we're dropping. Uh, Rob Fodor, my mentor, calls it the vertical drop, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're not leaning forward. We're not leaning backwards. We're, we're figuring out a way to just... Boom, right straight down mm -hmm. and so we can stay completely balanced and now we're setting our our bodies up 
to be able to move that ball in a way that our body's never going to have to adjust. And I found when I did that balance, inhale, exhale down, hold, eyes on the rim, I've never felt easier. I never felt like it was easier to shoot the basketball from that point because everything was like nothing exists. It feels like, like nothing else exists. And it almost feels like I'm not even, I'm not even trying to shoot this basketball anymore. And like that's I've the put state in the, of flow. Yeah, man. And that's and flow. I've, and I've put in the, I've put in the time, man. Like I can't stress to people, like people always are like, how many shots do you take it? Like growing up, how many shots did you, would you take a day? I never counted the costs associated. I'm sure the way that you look at what you do, like I've never counted the cost associated with trying to be good at what I do because I just know I'm going to do it no matter what. Like I don't, it's not 500 reps per day. It's what does it take for me to get to that moment of feeling that, you know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm looking for. And um, yeah, I've been implementing well, it. I think so, yeah. as, as you're talking about balance, you know, my breath work, you know, experience and mindset came on and think about what we're trying to do with that physiological sigh. We're stressed out. We've been running really fast. Our heart's beating super, super fast. Um, we can't control our heart rate. Really, most of us can't. Like some monks and like yogis can. They can right. control their heart rate with their mind, but we can control it with our breath, right? But what we're trying to do there is we're trying to downshift. And why are we trying to downshift? Because our fight or flight nervous system is way overpowering the rest and digest, which makes sense, right? Because we're in a game, you know, and we're running. We're like, you know, if we're taking it back to like our ancestors that were like getting chased by a lion or something like that, like they were in the fight or flight more because they had to get the hell out of there, you know, but in a basketball game, we're not under real threat and we can perform better when there's more balance between those two nervous systems. So it's not like we want to like sit, lay down on the court and fall asleep and have, you know, our, you know, being in a meditative, you know, like completely calm, relaxed state in a basketball game. Cause then we're going to be just sitting there on the ground, you know, but we need to bring more balance into those systems to operate at our peak. So balance in the body balance in the, even like taking it, I think this is taking it to the next level, which I believe impacts the physiological. That's why it's called a physiological sigh. It's helping to relax the body. And when the body's relaxed, I'm sure, like you said, it wasn't like you were straining to find the most balance in your posture. It just became easy. Mm. And when we slow down the breath, we can think less about how do I find this balance and just be in this state of balance. Yeah, man. That's like, that's beautiful. I guess that's like, to me, that's amazing, right? Because you're, you're combining the physical side, the mental side, you're, you're, you're combining so many different components there. And that's um, just by, by keeping it simple with the breath, Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. because it is the thing that impacts all of it. Yep. Yeah. And like, and, and it's, and it's something, and this is why I say, like I, I said, I said to you, I, like, I feel like what you're doing and how you're, you're implementing things, um, you know, exist to a lot of people, but aren't to the point where it's a daily occurrence or something that's recognized by a lot of people. And I think that given everybody's or given our, our you know, our human condition to just get better, right? Like that's what we do, right? Like, like as people, we're, we're here to just, like, we're always, we're just trying to advance, advance, Bro. advance, kind of like what, what we do. Um, I just, I, I think that it's inevitable that this stuff becomes like a mainstay into- well, yeah into everything and you mentioned you mentioning steph curry that like 
And that's what I was just going to go into more. Like if you think about it, and this was a big reason when I left Ghana and started giving girl basketball, where we teach this stuff to kids, like kindergarten to fifth graders, a big reason I wanted to do that was because the, all the pros, they have these sports psychologists on staff. They have access to people are saying meditate, you know, like yeah. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan had George Mumford who was like, yo, meditate. They had Phil Jackson who was like, meditate. So it's literally only a matter of time. So either you hop on the train now or you stay behind for longer. But these people that are at the top, even CEOs, even, yeah. you know, just like elite performers in all categories, they have some sort of mental practice right so why why is it only being held to the elite why do i need to make it d1 to get access to somebody who tells me to meditate or to get to the nba to have those resources available to me these are the skills that impact all areas of our lives right. you know so why aren't those the things that are being implemented in youth sports leagues is right. my vision for this stuff like coaches being trained in you know expressing emotions how to breathe correctly so that these kids can learn it because that's going to make them a better player right. like like massively better player because they're more calm and controlled instead of a kid getting trapped in the corner and losing his cool he's calm cool and collected and he's ready to make the smart play you know it's if you look at those young kids that are going way too fast it's like you can tell they're just way too far into that fight or flight zone and they need to down regulate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, these guys have it. So why not get on board with it now? And I, and I think like, just to bring it up because I get to talk to a lot of kids, man. And it's, um, it's a really, it's a really cool thing to kind of serve as like a mentor to, to so many, sure. but one of, one of the things uh, that, that constantly are topics of conversation that constantly comes up is actually even, the anxiety felt before the game even begins, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So not even within the game, but like before it even starts, some of these kids yep. are so wound up and like and nervous. And I mean, I think the I think the right word is almost afraid, right? Like here's yeah. here's something that they work so hard for, but yet when it's time to go play, these thoughts are running through their heads, and they don't they 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 don't know how. Of course, yeah. you don't know how to regulate it. You've never been taught how to regulate exactly. it. Exactly. Like, Nobody teaches it. Exactly. Yep. I'm the same way. And I just think like what you do and starting to starting to get familiar with it can really help um, lessen the degree of, of, of angst surrounding that, that initial tip off of, am I going to be okay? Is this going to be all right? Because uh, I know that's a, that's a really common theme amongst, amongst youngsters for sure. 100%. And I think it also what I realize is my own process now is like, it's not bad to feel anxious. It's not bad to feel nervous. It definitely makes it more challenging to perform if you're caught up in that. But when it shows up, if you have a skill like breath work, or even just like listening to music, whatever it is that can help you to calm down, um, then you're able to recognize that wow, this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of nervousness is pretty similar to when I feel excited about something. But there's this difference in what thoughts it triggers. Like I know Steph Curry, he has like a quote about that. You know, he's like, yeah, I feel nervous before the game, but I interpret it, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. He's like, but I interpret it as being excited. Right. And when you are able to slow down and not identify with those thoughts, which, which is what breath and, and doing a breathing practice can do, it can offer you that space to be like, oh, 
this used to feel like anxiety, but now I'm just hyped because I have been working on this all week long or all month or all year. And now it's finally time to go out there and bust somebody down, you know, right. like this right. is my opportunity. So of course those things are going to come up. Yeah, man. I just, uh, I think that as it, as time goes on, more and more of this stuff will start to, the things that you do, um, I think are going to just be, are going to be so impactful for so many kids. And the, the cool, I mean, the coolest thing about why, you know, what we get to do in general is, you know, you can have an impact on a kid at 12 years old, 13 years old, that maybe they don't go on and become the greatest player of all time, right? But maybe understanding how to control, control their breath, which then leads to them controlling their mindset, et cetera, helps them in whatever, whatever field they, they eventually, eventually go through, right? So I Everywhere. think why sports can be such a powerful tool for so many because there's things learned within it that it's hard to replicate in other, in other areas, you know, grow, growing up. So for sure, um, I think it's really cool. My real quick, my, um, so my high school coach, so this would have been in 2000, 2004, 2005, my senior year, he started um, doing visualization exercises before games with us. Mm -hmm. And I, at the, like, I'm a, I'm a high school kid. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what are we, like, he would sit, no, like, instead of a, instead, we, we had certain games where instead of a pregame speech, instead of telling us, hey, this is the, this is your assignment here. This is what you're going to be doing here. Da, 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 da. He left the preparation piece up to the practice, everything that we did leading up to the moment. Mm -hmm. And then he brought us in and he was like, everybody close your eyes. And then he started going through almost like a guided type meditation in terms yeah. of, uh, you personally making it yours and what your role was and how you were going to be able to perform that night, mm -hmm. seeing yourself before, like all this kind of stuff. And not yeah. like, I st I'll always remember that. I also remember playing one, like the one game that was against Cumberland Valley high school at Cumberland Valley high school. And I remember playing that game. Like it was the easiest thing I've ever done. Like that one mm -hmm. particular moment, the visual, like something hit, where I remember just being like at this in this place of like, it doesn't matter what happens out here. Like I'm in control of everything that's going on. Yeah. And it was like, and in 2004, 2005, like I feel like even now, if I think coach a coach did that, people would be like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he was doing that then, man. And uh, yeah. so cool. Like everything comes around full circle, right? Like here I am. 16 years later being like, that was amazing. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's incredible stuff. I, Just so, I had so a similar, I had a similar experience in college with my coach. He never did that stuff. And we're going into a semifinal playoff game against we're massive underdogs playing in away game. And he breaks out this visualization out of nowhere. And we go in and upset the team and like, it was the, I remember just feeling that energy. And one thing I love to do in breath work is get to this space. Like, it's kind of hard to visualize if your mind is racing and a lot of thoughts are coming in. But when you have the opportunity to clear a little bit of those out and really project in your mind what it is that you actually want, that's crazy powerful. I think that's when we get the experiences like you and I have um, with this visualization. And you can get there with, with breath. You know, it puts, it can put you into these deeper meditative states where it's easier to visualize things and, you know, kind of getting like hippie here with it. Some people use this for like psychedelic purposes, 
Right. Like you can have the same sorts of experiences through the breath only that mm -hmm. people experience by doing psychedelic, you know, plants. Right. Um, and I've, I've experienced that, which is, it's like insane, but they've yeah. done studies to show that like, yeah, you're just activating some of the stuff that's already inside of your system. Some of the DMT that's already inside there, whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just like, man, I would just say pairing visualization with breath work has shown to be like a powerful, powerful tool for beyond um, man. beyond. Yeah. Um, I want to finish up two questions. All right. These are the only, these are the only questions I wrote down. Like I don't, nothing else. I, everything was just, we just go, you know Love what I mean? It. Ideas about what we go. So, um, first question would be most impactful book you've ever read. Hmm. Damn, man. I'll say The Secret. Um, this book put me on to a journey where I believed that my thoughts are controlling my reality and where I got in touch with like that actually being the case for me, mm. you know? And, and you were talking about earlier, like uh, I'm pretty sure you were talking about something along the lines of, um, you know, the way that we're thinking is attracting the things that we want into our life. Um, and so practicing that was what I was trying to do in those notebooks at Under Armour back in the day. Like I was trying to manifest more fearlessness into my life, more courage, more, um, more trust, more love, you know, and I was trying to reprogram my mind to do that. Um, so yeah, the secret, I think her name, the author's name is Rhonda something that's and that, that I've, I've read the secret it's a collection of different stories amongst many different people too correct like uh yeah and there's a movie about it too movie. i actually i watched the movie first um and then read the book and i think the movie's on netflix so anybody looking for just something that's going to help with their growth and like maybe right. open their mind a little bit definitely suggest watching that movie it's like an hour and a half hour 15 something yeah if anybody's familiar with bob proctor bob i think bob proctor yeah was he's in there yeah as well so it's so my 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 book is similar like i, I always tell people think think and grow rich and it's it's ah. on, it's along the same it's along the same yeah. path 100%. and um it, it's, it's almost ironic that the book is 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 titled what it's titled and, and what we're talking about what, what we're saying because the first i remember the first time i read it and it was a recommendation by somebody this by the way every can you hear my dog bark yeah you hear it? every podcast this is what she does at some point she she comes in here and she's like no 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 it's my time and she starts yeah going <laughs> so um but i the first time i read thinking grow rich i uh I, I i was like this is dumb this is this is the this is the dumbest book i've ever read right and I look back at it and I was like, well, because I was never in that mindset to receive the information that was, that was in it. Yeah. And then I picked it up again as a recommendation again from somebody else and where I had started going in my life in terms of what I was trying to do. Um, it was like, I was reading a completely different book and everything mm -hmm. and everything just makes sense. So like the idea of like, you know, we, you know, change the way you look at things, the things around you change. I literally, had started in my life looking at things differently, went back to that book. And all of a sudden that book became like my Bible in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, um, 
And I recommend that book. And I tell people, I, and I, I tell them, I was like, look, the first maybe two, three times you read it, you're not going, it's not, it's not going to hit. Like, it's just one of, it's one of those things. But eventually, like, if you keep going down this path, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, that book is going to make a hell of a lot of sense for you. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's really, I think that's really cool. So our books, our, bu- yeah, our books are cool. similar, right? Pretty yeah, similar. they're like partners, because I'm pretty sure that they, they reference Think and Grow Rich a ton in The Secret. I'm, I'm sure, man. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, last question. What is your ultimate biggest goal? Hmm. No holds bar. So like my, my ultimate goal, like I tell people, I want to be the best, the absolute best shooting coach in the world. And I say that without hesitation. And I know some people can look at it from the outside and be like, that's a very, like, it's like an arrogant thing to say. Um, but I think there's more that goes into it. Like for me, it's kind of like one of those things where I want to be the best, but you can kind of look into it further. Of I want to maximize all that I'm able to do. There's no way to quantify my goal really, mm-hmm. other than on a personal level of knowing that I've left no stone unturned and I've put everything into yeah. it to becoming the most well-rounded individual and, and teacher that I can be. Yeah, man. I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the opportunity to reflect on this because right now I haven't had any like big, like out there goals. Yeah. My goal right now is, um, and, and my ultimate goal, I would say, um, is to be love, you know, just like be as much love as I can. And even in those moments where, you know, things are getting tough or, you know, I might feel like the victim or these parts of me are saying, you know, you're, you're not good enough, or you need to do more, or, you know, all those different parts that can be that internal chatter that we all experience. Like, how can I be loved to that part of myself? Mm. How can I be loved to somebody else that's being challenged right now? Because I know there's, I could try to teach them a lesson or, or, you know, try to tell them something that I think is going to put them on the right path, but everybody's going to make their own choices. I don't know what's best for you. I don't know what's best for her or him. You know, right. but I know that if I can show up and be love, even in the, even in politics, even with vaccination conversations, if I can just show up and be love, I feel like I'm doing this world, that person, that group, myself, the best thing that I could do. Um, and, and yeah, man, so that's, that's definitely the goal. I love it, man. I, you, you have to read Neville Goddard. Like if I, like you, you have, you have to, his, one of, one of the big things that he said was, he, he always says, whenever in doubt, do the loving thing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then like what you just said there fully, like fully embodies, embodies that, right. When in doubt, yeah. do, the, do the loving thing. Ben, I appreciate you for, for doing this again, man. I'm glad. And I feel like our conversation, this conversation was even better than the first one. So maybe, Dude, right. It just, so, so maybe you laid the, the foundation for when I bring people on, it has to be a conversation beforehand and then uh because because then it it was cool like to do this and i, I felt like i already already know knew you in a sense so yeah um, i appreciate you man thank you for for taking the time uh this, is, this was great and i think it'll be of of huge benefit to to a lot of people you can uh you can find ben so his website is ben c-r.com um instagram ben dot the dot bridge uh at ben dot 
bend dot yep. uh, dot bridge, right? Bend the yep. bridge. Yep, that's what it um, is, and that's the that's the main place. But if you're looking for any actual like practices and want to like try some stuff that we're talking about here, um, head to my YouTube channel ben.the.bridge and I have music on there you can breathe to. I have 45 minute things that are more like in depth. Hey, let me learn something and then implement it over a 20 minute period. So um, definitely check that stuff out if you're if you're interested in experiencing this. Well, I'm gonna start doing your stuff. Um, I'm gonna start doing it. I'm, I'm gonna put it in put it in the headphones and just and just and just go with it, right. man. I'm super I'm super excited for it. I'll put all of their information in the notes of the uh, of the podcast too, so um, perfect. People can go in and 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 find you that way. But I appreciate you, man. Thank uh, you, Mike. Enjoy that terrible weather in Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> try to you know try to smile every once in a while. I know it's hard to, with the uh, the environment that you're in there, but uh, enjoy right. it, brother. I appreciate you. And big shout out to Ryan, man. Maybe maybe yeah, this shout out to Ryan as well. Maybe this never happened. Ryan with Give and Grow Basketball. Maybe this never happens. Like, it's just so crazy how everything comes. comes yeah. Around, and man. I'll also throw in a little plug there. Like if you yep. have a kindergarten, a fifth grader that's looking to like you are vibing with what we're talking about here, mental skills, emotional skills, K to fifth grader, we combine these skills with basketball drills for kids. So check us out on Instagram and Facebook, too, because we have a lot of free offerings and chances for kids to win weekly prizes. So I awesome. give that a shout. It's awesome, man. We could have done a whole different podcast on Give and Grow. Maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll have to have part two, and we can just dive into Give and Grow basketball too. Yeah, heck yeah. So I appreciate you, brother. Uh, have a All good right. one, man. Yeah, much love, Mike. See you, dude.